0: Hello, my name is Craig Camp from Troon Vineyard in Oregon's Applegate Valley. Thank you for joining us for a new episode of Troon Talk, where we dig deeply into biodynamic and regenerative organic gold-certified agriculture and winemaking. The days of Troon Vineyard as only a vineyard are long gone. Today, Troon Vineyard is a biodiverse farm of almost 100 acres. Life on our farm includes cider apples, a vegetable garden, a food forest, rewilded honeybees, sheep, chickens, wildlife, dogs, humans, and, of course, grapevines. Today, we are Truden Vineyard and Farm. In this episode of Trint Talk, we will dig deeply into a key element of our biodiversity strategies as we discuss our vegetable and fruit gardens with Director of Agriculture, Garrett Long, Director of Farm Sales, Jennifer Teisel, and Garden and Orchard Manager, Benjamin Hearn. Our garden touches many facets of our farm. It adds biodiversity, beauty, and creates truly nourishing food for our team and those who visit our farm stand. Having a vital farm stand at the winery is inspiring, exciting, and meaningful. Join us in this episode as we walk through our garden, from creation to planting to our farm stand. Hi Garrett, Uh, welcome back to Troon Talk. Uh, Yesterday was the Rogue Valley Farm Tour, so I think this is a great day to talk about the garden, which has become a very important part of Troon. So how do you feel the garden? Where does it belong in the scope of being on a vineyard?
1: Well, I think diverse farms are more resilient inherently, both environmentally and economically. So just from a production standpoint, you know, we try to maximize biodiversity in every way. That's with the crops that we plant. Uh, in integrating animals into the system and in our compost maybe from a microbial standpoint and so by adding a garden vegetables fruit berries and produce herbs flowers all of that into our production model really we're adding a ton of diverse contributions into the compost every sort of plant has a unique association with a microbial community and so i feel that we make better compost by having a garden here. But ultimately, it's not about adding, it's not about growing a garden in order to uh, to make better combos. I think the real um, benefit uh, of growing a garden and, and, and doing that in a vineyard setting is that I think it really surprises a lot of our guests to the tasting room that we have a farm stand on site and that we have produce for sale. You know, the resilience that's brought about economically in a diverse system comes about as, You know, in this changing climate, in this modern age, we have a lot of pressures in agriculture. That's drought, that's heat stress, and it also can be extreme weather events like frost at weird times of the year. And in that springtime, when the vines are in bloom and our fruit trees are in bloom, that potential for a late frost to totally kill that year's crop is very real. And so we use frost protection methods, measures to try to protect um, our grapes but having a garden as part of the system also means that should we have some losses, should we have a really late frost that we can't do anything about, hopefully our production in the vegetable garden will allow us to have something to sell. And so for farms that are diversified, to be able to bring something to market in the event of a total crop loss or um, something like, like some unexpected event is, is a real benefit to farmers um, to be able to, to stay afloat economically but um you know i kind of started maybe with the less obvious stuff i think the the reality is we want to offer fresh produce grown biodynamically and regeneratively to our community we're working with a couple of chefs and restaurants that we've hand chosen um, because of aligned values they really want to get this regenerative produce on their menus and we really feel strongly about working closely with them collaboratively and for example, we're we're hosting dinners here. We threw a really cool um, summer solstice farm to table dinner, and the chefs cooked the uh, entire menu from produce from the farm. Um, and I think to be able to offer that to for these special events, or even to these food trucks. You know, we're having food trucks come on Sundays. And it's been so exciting to work with food trucks like Smitty's and like Ernest Baking Company to be able to give them our farm availability the week before they come out and have them specialize their menus or create menus all around the produce that we have to offer here at Troon. So there's opportunities both to sell to chefs and restaurants with these aligned values, but also to be able to hold events or host food trucks that are featuring our produce. So all of that I think is really important to why we have a garden here in the first place. And I think the last thing I'll mention is really kind of a matter of, of social fairness in a way. Um, we, the garden was first established back in the spring of 2021. And for about the first year of the garden, and that's continued to today, a lot of the produce has gone to staff. This has just been a benefit of working here um, before we got the farm stand set up and really started deeply cultivating these relationships. Uh, this has been an outlet for our staff to take home fresh produce as, just as a benefit of working here. So I think that's been a really um, important and integral part of this farm in just supporting our, our team.
0: But just to take a, a look at it from a very high level of the concept of, of the whole farm in biodynamics, and this biodiversity that it brings to Troon, don't you? I, to me, that's the heart of of, of the garden, and why it's here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I was speaking to just how biodiversity relates to resilience inherently, but you're absolutely right. I think from that framework of biodynamics that is a big reason why resilience is a big reason why biodiversity is important on farms and why it's a part of their standard to not just grow a single crop, but to also have crop and animal systems together to make these value added products to support your community. It's all related very much back to this whole farm system and how the waste streams from one part of the system can ultimately power another. And that's, that gets back to the composting, right? All of the, All of the waste streams from the garden, for example, in our post-harvest station, we can give all of that to the chickens first and foremost. We can give other um, parts of of these waste streams back to the compost. That compost goes out to fertilize the entire 100-acre estate here. And so really, yeah, from from a whole farm system, there's essentially zero waste when you start to uh, leverage these different opportunities of having, for example, on-farm. Farm stand, composting, animals—you know, processing—all of that relates to this whole farm system.
0: So we're really farming everything. There's uh, no-till agriculture. There's the garden. Uh, there's obviously the vineyard. So, so that really is that whole concept of farming the soil. Absolutely. So, what is what is your vision for the garden now? As we go into the future, uh, it was basically a, a, a little uh, test patch when you arrived. Now it's uh, it's it's a much more than that. Uh, could you describe that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think before starting about the future, we need to take a look at the past, at the past, and how we got to where we are today. You're right that it was a little it was a little acre and a half test patch that was not planted in vines. You know. Back in 2017, uh, we had a, a soil testing company come out and dig these backhoe pits all over the farm and really characterize our soil thoroughly to help determine where we were going to plant what varietals and on what soil types. And there's this little acre and a half of really heavy clay soil that was not ideal for vines. And so I was I was told, all right, this is the garden site, Garrett, have at it. So, um, But this was all actually before I arrived. So maybe they said, here you go, Andrew Beattie, our, our biodynamic consultant, and Nate and Sarah, um, our winemaking team and our vineyard team, they all contributed to the establishment of this garden in the spring of 2021. Um, and so at first it was just a small little semicircle, a uh, very small garden that we called the Experimental Garden, 13 short rows and planted again just what staff was interested in, what, what you know, staff was going to take home. And that was established, you know, first designed by Andrew, our consultant, It was installed by Adon and the vineyard team, as well as Nate and Sarah from the winemaking team. And they managed it um, uh, until I arrived in August of 2021 as the director of agriculture. And through my experience learning about um, farming here in Southern Oregon, you know, my last 10 years of experience were in California, a lot of that Southern California, and it is a slightly different climate here. But it's a climate that's really hospitable to growing a huge array of crops. So I started dreaming in those first couple of months here about developing this garden further. And so I kind of developed this, this big scheme or this big design for the acre and a half to expand not just the annual vegetable production, but to start to incorporate fruit trees, berries, uh, perennial flowers and medicinal herbs, and all of these perennial crops into a permaculture style food forest. And so taking this cohesive design for the acre and a half, we have season by season slowly added on these layers to the garden to mm-hmm. make it more complex to and, and to produce um, a lot more diversity in the garden. So after that first year um, in, in 2022, we really set to breaking ground on the main garden. This is about a half acre of annual veggies and flowers and herbs and we had pretty good successes we had some failures that i think a lot of farmers do when you break ground on a new site especially a heavy clay site it can be challenging but we worked through those challenges in the first year and then really started to dream about how to build out this food forest and what crops we wanted to select and late in that year late of 2022 um jenna outwater came to team troon and she brought with her um experience and a real passion for designing systems. She has a lot of experience with habitat restoration and working with native plants, and so we incorporated some of those into the food forest. But she also helped me research some really funky berries and herbs and things that I had never heard of before. For example, sea buckthorn and goomy berries are both examples of these nitrogen-fixing shrubs that are really important to building soil health, but they also produce a fruit crop. And in the case of sea buckthorn, a berry that has one of the highest vitamin C contents of any food that we know out there. So these are really cool examples that Jenna's um, uh, really brought to the design process. And so earlier this year in 2023, we planted out, we sourced all those plants and planted the the food forest. And that food forest includes all kinds of stone fruit. We've got cherries, peaches, nectarines, plums, and these uh, hybrid varieties like pluots, a plum apricot hybrid. We've planted all kinds of berry shrubs and perennial veggies like artichokes and asparagus, um, sunchokes. Um, We've got blueberries and strawberries in there and honeyberries as well. And then we've got um, a whole bunch of other herbs, flowers, ground covers, um, vining crops, things that will really continue to grow as this food forest matures and evolves And so to take a look to the future, the last element of this original design that we started dreaming about a couple years ago um, is to build out a culinary and medicinal herb garden. Um, We added another really key member to the team recently. Ben Heron came to us by way of working at Pacific Botanicals. So his knowledge of herb cultivation um, and large scale herb production uh, has been a real asset and, and really pretty key timing for the development of this new herb garden. So I'm excited and I can't wait to fly a drone up and take over an aerial view of this. We're actually taking that triskelion symbol or that druid spiral symbol that you can find on our druid's fluid label and we're incorporating that into the shape of the garden um, in a really exciting way. So once we establish that herb garden, which will be next spring, we'll have this cohesive acre and a half planting that includes annual vegetables, about one acre of this permaculture style food forest and herb garden. And all of it is going to continue to mature over the years. You know, these fruit trees can take sometimes three to five years to produce fruit. Um, But what I think we can expect is next year, we'll start to have a lot more berries. Maybe the first fruit will start to come on and we'll have small amounts of the stone fruit and figs and persimmons available. Um, But really, I think as the garden matures, we'll get much greater abundance, and I think that really relates back to soil health, that relates back to our experience of really learning what grows well in our climate, what sells well at the farm stand, what are the crops that our community are really most interested in, and because the Applegate Valley is such a wonderful agricultural production area you know we've got a lot of really wonderful organic vegetable farmers there's flower farmers there's dairies there's um you know uh, national um herb farms like 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 herb farm the company in pacific botanicals these guys have been here for decades, I think more than 50 years in the case of that company. And so they, they are, have been providing this service to the community. So we really want to know where are those gaps? You know, what, what are those niches that we can hopefully fill rather than creating more redundancy of people who are already doing really great work growing regenerative organic certified herbs? We want to supplement that here.
0: So next we're going to hear from, uh, Ben and Jennifer. You just mentioned Ben. Maybe you could just do a short introduction uh, of these people you work with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Ben Heron, I mentioned, we just hired to be our garden and orchard manager. Um, he got his, uh, education at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, uh, studying horticulture and came to us by way of Pacific Botanicals. Um, so he's, managing our garden and food forest. He's also managing the apple orchard. And we're really excited about what his experience both in college as well as practical experience as a farmer um, is going to bring to Troon. Uh, Jennifer Tiesel is our director of farm sales. She came to the team this January. And she's been really, really instrumental in helping set up the farm stand um, and helping cultivate those relationships with local chefs and restaurants. And I just have to say on a personal level, how grateful I am for Jennifer here, where I can say as the director of agriculture, we're gonna grow the crops and we're gonna get it to the wash pack station and process that. And by the time it gets to the walk-in door, I get to pass that off to Jennifer to be able to stock the farm stand and and work on selling this to chefs and restaurants. So I'm just, I feel so blessed to be able to have her support in that.
0: Okay, thank you, Garrett. Uh, Now let's hear from uh, Jennifer and Ben.
2: I'm here today with Ben Heron, who is the manager of the Garden and Orchard at Troon Vineyard. And Ben, I'd just like to start, uh, if you'd introduce yourself and tell us what led you to Troon.
3: Hey, Jennifer. How's it going?
2: I'm well, thank you. (laughs)
3: Good. Um, I'm really excited to be the Garden and Orchard Manager here at Troon. I got the opportunity uh, when I picked up the phone from Garrett Long after I kind of put in a little application and um, I knew about Troon already because of tasting the great wine here and when I moved to Oregon it was one of the first vineyards I actually visited and I remember sitting out on the deck and getting the call that my new place was ready to move into and enjoying the great wine and little did I know that a little over a year later I'd be working here so when I saw the <laughs> opportunity pop up I was really excited to get involved and um, being a regenerative biodynamic farm it was definitely right up my alley
2: well it sounds like it was meant to be I think so <laughs> and so what's your background in school what did you study
3: I went to California Polytechnic University at San Luis Obispo and I studied fruit and crop science and I spent a lot of time on the organic farm there learning about growing and selling organic veggies and um, after that I spent some time in the industry in a couple different fields none of which were directly related to organic or biodynamic growing so I'm just thrilled to be in be a part of something that's really in line with those um, practices
2: So Ben, can you give me a little more detail on the garden in terms of the different sections and and what we're growing there?
3: Yeah, so the main garden consists of a lot of um, annual kind of produce uh, we have tomatoes and Uh, potatoes and cucumbers and cilantro basil all the kind of staples of a garden Um, the experimental area is a little bit smaller and that's where it was all started so there's some older plantings of kind of culinary herbs there and some smaller plantings of beans and garlic and um That's also quite a bit of annuals. And then in the food forest, it's a lot of fruit trees which haven't started producing yet. They were put in last year. And um, in between the tree plantings are perennial shrubs as well as some nitrogen uh, fixing annuals like beans. But we also have nitrogen fixing trees in there too. So the perennial vision in the food forest is to establish the trees while intercropping with nitrogen fixing and We also have a lot of squash in there to provide the shade and moisture retention. So that's kind of the um, Trajectory of the food forest. So those are our
2: our permaculture beds. Yes It's still a
3: work in progress Mm -hmm. and those beds are have a much wider spacing um with some grazing area in between the actual beds uh, which can increase our biodiversity and we can have blooms of wild flowers in there and it just makes it look really pretty
2: so i think a few weeks ago um we have a a flock of sheep here at Troon. and i believe they were there grazing um and doing the mowing for you guys down in the garden Um, So, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the sheep and the chickens?
3: Yeah, we have a rotational grazing of sheep and chickens, um, and they worked their way through those alleys in the food forest, which is a lot better than me having to run a mower or anything through there, and they sure are happy to get all that forage. Um, And then behind them usually come the chickens, which is kind of like the cleanup crew. They do a good job pecking through everything that the sheep may have otherwise missed. Um, so they were in there for about a week and, they, and then they get rotated on.
2: All right. All right, let's talk a little bit more about our certifications here at Troon. Uh, we're not only a vineyard, we are a full working farm. So can you share a little bit about what those certifications are?
3: Yeah, we have three different certifications which are organic, regenerative, and biodynamic. The organic is through CCOF, regenerative is through ROC, and biodynamic is through Demeter, and they all have different qualifications, but it's sort of like a hierarchy with a a lot of the regenerative and biodynamic meeting a lot of the organic standards so it's like about going above and beyond organic certification and within that biodynamic um, has its own guidelines and like I said some of them overlap with organic Uh, the regenerative has different guidelines and even different levels so you could be a silver Or you could be like Troon, you could be the gold level regenerative, which is the highest tier and involves no-till, it involves animal incorporation, and a lot of things that many other farms find difficult to um, achieve.
2: Right. So um if we we think about those certifications and how they guide what we do here at trune um how is our garden different say than a conventional garden Uh, what does it look like what does it feel like how is it uh unique Um, because we have those standards and we're accountable to them
3: so off the top of my head one really interesting interesting thing is that we don't do a whole lot of tractor work and this really cuts down on the soil compaction and a hard pan that can be made and really promotes soil health by keeping that topsoil intact and alive and, and not driving over it and working it all the time. We really just promote what's already there and build upon it by incorporating more compost annually. And mulching and uh, planting a lot of, of a large variety of plants. Some of them, their only purpose is for um, promoting good pollinators or um, deterring pests instead of spraying or 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 tilling the ground. So. Um,
2: So I know I was in the garden last week and it looks amazing. There's sunflowers popping up. Um, Tell me what you're most excited about right now in terms of um, we're almost to the full height of the season. Uh, What what are you excited about what's growing right now?
3: Well, this morning I just picked a bunch of tomatoes and it was our first tomato harvest. So that is probably the highlight right now. Um, We have a dinner event going on this weekend and we were really hoping to have some ripe tomatoes for that and they just popped off so that's been really fun. The other day we had a food truck come by to look at some of our stuff and um, we checked out the carrots with them and those are really sizing up so that's exciting to see those coming. Um, And then just it's the middle of summer it's really Go time. So everything's really pushing right now. We got summer squash going almost every day and The bulb onions are really starting to get fat. So that's fun
2: All right, well, I know how hard you guys work down there So I'll be checking back with you in a few weeks uh, to see what what's coming in next
3: So Jennifer, maybe you could tell me a little bit about uh, What you do here?
2: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so my title is Director of Farm Sales, uh, which means I wear a lot of hats. Uh, so I, um, just to backtrack a little, what led me here to Troon, um, I was living in the Hudson Valley in New York, and I had a farm where I was growing um, vegetables, um, and I sold directly to restaurants in New York City. So I've been passionate about farming for, um, for several years now. Um, Also been passionate about wine as well. So watching what was happening at Trum for the last few years was really getting me excited and thinking about how um, the wine industry as a sector of agriculture could really um, be impactful in ways such as biodynamic farming, regenerative farming. There's a real opportunity uh, for it to be beyond just growing wine grapes. Uh, So that's something I'm very passionate about. And, um, yeah, just watching what was happening at Troon just is really, um, pushing the envelope for what's possible for a winery. Yeah. So an opportunity came up for me to visit Troon and, um, and it turned out that they were, uh, had a position open for me. So I was thrilled to be able to be part of this team. Uh, we really have a group of talented, passionate people here. So Um, it's been really fun and exciting getting to work here in the Applegate Valley.
3: So, uh, how's that farm stand of ours? Can you tell me a little more about, um, when it was made, what it's stocked with?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So the farm stand is new, uh, this season here at Trone. It was built last year, um, and this is our first season of it being fully open, available to our guests. So if you come to visit the tasting room and have a wine tasting, you can visit our farm stand, and we have everything that you've been growing, you and your team, Ben, down at the garden. Uh, it's har- We harvest weekly, and all of that biodynamic regenerative produce is available in the farm stand. Um, also, uh, eggs from our chickens that are happy chickens, uh, pasture-raised. So we also have that um, for all of our visitors here. So I just, I love the idea of the farm stand because it's a way for um, people who are coming, maybe they think they're just coming to do a wine tasting, they can see that we are a full working farm here. Um, We are a biodynamic farm, we have biodiversity, we have sheep, we have chickens, Uh, we have the full working garden that we talked about. So it's, it's a way for them, a tangible way for them to be connected to that. Um, and it gives us an opportunity to, to talk about what we do here. Um, we are, the, the, the concepts and the principles of biodynamics can, can be a little intimidating to people sometimes, or maybe a little... Unsure as to what we're talking about, and to be able to see the produce and to talk about it, we can really sort of demystify what biodynamics is. It's it's really that we have a farm where we're working with nature um, and we're supporting natural systems rather than working against them. and And the tangible proof is come and taste our kale and our carrots and our tomatoes and all of this beautiful produce and and see how um, how we are. This really working dynamic farm that includes all the people that work here as well, and um, that's what I love about about the principles is that we are this this closed loop farming system, um, and it's really it's a beautiful principle to be a part of.
3: I totally agree. And we don't just have produce in the farm stand. I think I saw a lot of colorful flowers down there. Yes,
2: yes, we do. We have beautiful uh, flower bouquets that are available when you come to visit. Um, We also have some really fun things we're doing. We're making uh, wine salts from some of our uh, Syrah, our Trim Syrah. Uh, We have dried herbs. So we have a lot of really fun stuff that's just, they're all uh, products of, of our farm. So... Um, it's, it's really engaging in a way for people to really, to participate in what we're doing here beyond our, um, the amazing wine that we make here. Uh, we have all this other aspect to, to what Truen is as well.
3: Yeah. Right now in there, I think we have chamomile drying that is going to be made for tea, and today we're harvesting a lot more lavender to dry. And if you come check out the farm stand, you'll probably see it. If you look up, you'll see lots of beautiful bunches hanging from the strings on the ceiling. So the the whole look of the farm stand is definitely beautiful too. And the, and the farm. And it's just very intentional, the design of everything. So um, people love it and especially restaurants and some of our food truck partners so could you tell us a little bit more about who exactly those are and Uh, the relationships that we've been making
2: yeah absolutely Um, I mean the goal was to integrate into the local food scene in a really organic way Um, we really want to be part of this community here so uh, we are partnering with local restaurants um, and some food trucks so uh, Lark's in Ashland is one of them Uh, Lindsay Lodge which is here in the Applegate just a few miles away Uh, we're working with them we're on um, their menu as well Uh, go get in Jacksonville, and then in Grants Pass, we work with uh Partake and Lulu's. Uh, so these are local restaurants that are really excited about sourcing their produce um, as close as possible and working with local farms. So, yeah, this is it's really fun, and many of these restaurants also um, feature our wines. So to be able to visit a restaurant and see true wine and true produce, um, It's really exciting for us to be part of the community in that way.
3: Are there any other ways that people can enjoy the produce besides buying it at the farm stand or going to a restaurant? How else could somebody come enjoy the wine and food here at Troon?
2: Oh, well, we do have a lot of events uh, where we do farm-to-table dinners. Um, so that's a fun way to to participate and learn more. Uh, so we'll have events like that coming up in the future and do some uh, wine tasting and pairing menus featuring our produce. Uh, a lot of fun stuff coming up.
3: All right. And if you come to the events, uh, hopefully you can get a little farm tour as well and learn more and see the entire garden.
2: Yeah, no, there's, um, on our website, you can sign up for a farm tour and wine tasting, which is, um, really educational, fun experience. So if you're, if you're really interested to learn more, uh, I highly recommend, uh, taking one of those tours. Okay. I'm going to ask you now so ben we've been talking a lot about um our biodynamic regenerative farm here at trune um what have you seen in the applegate valley here um that's getting you excited about how things are evolving uh and what the future would look like here
3: well i think that Troon is one of the many vineyards in this area but i think we're definitely really uh, leading the way on the produce and the the full farm atmosphere but in general this entire community is really flourishing Uh, you could go in any direction and find another great farm to explore and hang out at and learn more about we have all kinds of different industries in the Applegate here from dairy uh, to wine to uh, produce and even little nurseries um, animals all kinds of stuff and uh, not to mention the the rafting that's really fun too
2: yeah you don't want to miss the rafting on the Applegate River don't (laughs) want to miss the rafting
3: so after a long day of you know a long tough day of drinking wine and eating great food you could float down the river
2: yeah as long as you're not afraid of a little cold water.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but from the river you'd see all kinds of beautiful mountains and biodiversity and insects and birds and creatures and fish. Um you might see something new every day.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think you and I have talked about this how um what we envision for the Applegate and what we see um happening here in this it, it, there's a long history of organic farming in this area, and um, it just seems like it's continuing to expand and grow and attract more farmers to think about regenerative and organic. Um, so I think it, it's really exciting to, to celebrate people who farm that way and all the artisans we have here, like you're saying, who make... Make cheese, um, raise animals in pasture. There's a lot of really amazing things happening here. Yeah. Um, and then uh, to visit here, this this amazing Klamath Siskiyou eco region uh, with all of the biodiversity, which is what we're trying to you know create this network of of farms and and people um, protecting that, celebrating that, and and continuing to to build upon it.
3: Yeah, I think we're all really celebrating the area and what we can do here. From the, There's also jams and chocolates and uh, medicinal and culinary herbs and just about everything that I can think of that gets me really excited about crafting stuff.
2: Yeah, and let's not forget the wine.
3: And of course, <laughs> some of the best wine in the world.
1: Hi, this is Garrett, I'm back with Jennifer, and I just wanted to talk about the farm stand with you, Jennifer. How have our guests to the tasting room initially perceived having a farm stand here on site?
2: Yeah, we have guests coming in to taste wine and they're very surprised to see that we have a farm stand that features all of the produce that we grow here on the farm at Troon. Uh, We are a full working farm, uh, so it's really exciting to invite people in to experience everything we're growing and um, all the amazing things happening here. So, yeah, it's been fun to have people pick up wine for their dinner and also be able to have ingredients um, to make a whole meal uh, with biodynamic produce and biodynamic wine. And um, I think the community is really excited about having that here in the Applegate.
1: Yeah, definitely. I know I've spoken to... Some some customers as I've just passed through the tasting room and just the genuine surprise of seeing this farm stand built out. It's really beautiful. I mean, the materials we used are really focused on using, you know, uh, uh, as little plastic as possible and where it is used. It's compostable. And I think people are really uh, paying attention to or are impressed by, you know, the materials that are used, the aesthetic beauty of it. And then hopefully when they take that produce home and and, and enjoy it, that that they're also impressed by both the flavor and the nutritional content and really hopefully a sense of place just like they get from the wine.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We have vegetables with terroir and uh, (laughs) we also have um, eggs from our pasture raised chickens. Um, Beautiful eggs with bright orange yolks. So um, customers are really loving that as well. Uh, We have dried chamomile, dried lavender, which is all from the farm. Um, So I think you and I have been talking about um, our vision going forward of other products from the farm that um, we could see coming online.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've, we've got a huge diversity, as you were saying, of these fresh vegetables and flower bouquets. And those are really exciting to be able to offer in the season at peak freshness. And for those products that we either have a windfall of or we have an exciting opportunity to collaborate with some local chefs and and restaurants to create these value added goods, value added for the farm, of course. Um, But also I think this this is an opportunity to blend and mix these flavors instead of just um, some cabbage that we grew in the garden. We can add a little salt and ferment that for a couple of weeks and create a more healthy, nutritious sauerkraut. And I think there's a lot of other examples of ferments that we'll be able to offer in the farm stand Um, In the future, where we have fruit trees and berries coming online, we can be making jams and fruit butters, maybe hot sauces from the chilies we're growing, and other fermented condiments. I think that's a real opportunity that I'm excited about. Um, We're making vinegars from our Troon wines, red and white vinegars, which are really exciting. Um, We're growing this huge herb garden that we're going to plant next year from that I expect we'll be able to make these herb and spice blends and really have a vision I think this is probably a couple years down the line but how cool would it be to have a bulk herb section where you bring your Mason jar back and you fill it with some fresh biodynamic regenerative organic certified Oregano and thyme and maybe an Italian spice blend that we make ourselves here too. So I think there's enormous potential for these value-added products in the future, and so hopefully these will keep customers coming back, not just for their daily or weekly um, run. You know, if you can't make it to the farmer's market, hopefully you can come out for a glass of wine and take home some fresh veggies, but then always be surprised about the products that we have available of these value-added goods, which will be ever-changing.
2: Yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, we're integrating into the local food scene, and um, I know you and I care a lot about that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so um, it's definitely worth a visit to come taste the wine and and go home with some amazing produce. Yeah.
0: We are happy to share this podcast with you from Truon Vineyard, a Demeter Biodynamic and Regenerative Organic Certified Winery in Oregon's Applegate Valley. We farm like the world depends on it, and produce authentic, naturally crafted wines. We will be sharing these in-depth podcasts several times a month. To learn more, I encourage you to visit our website at truevineyard.com and those of the Regenerative Organic Alliance at regenorganic.org and Demeter Biodynamics at demeter-usa.org. Thanks for sharing our voyage to regenerative agriculture with us.